Thank you for downloading episode 107 of the Shrimps Verdict podcast. All opinions expressed are those of the individual contributors and not necessarily those of either Morecambe Football Club or of Beyond Radio. Every kick, every game, every goal. Following Morecambe FC in League One. Full match commentary of Morecambe FC on Beyond Radio. This is Shrimps Live from Beyond Radio. In it comes right-footed, very flat, it's going to fall towards the edge of the box. Morecambe just needs to get this one clear. Ball falls to Miles Lieburn and the flag stays down and that is going to stand. And Charlton Athletic opened the scoring and Morecambe didn't get their front, their foot through it. Didn't get the clearance done. Flag stays down, Lieburn in all sorts of space and allowed to turn and smash it right-footed past Connor Ripley to make it Morecambe nil, Charlton Athletic one. And it's the young 19-year-old forward, Miles Lieburn, with his eighth goal of the season. And he was given the freedom of the Morecambe penalty area, really. Allowed to turn, swivel, and it was a fine finish, you have to say. But he should not have been given as much space as he was. Derek Adams is going to be furious about that as the Addicts open the scoring in front of the barter card. Miles Lieburn with it in the 17th minute. Morecambe nil, Charlton one. And on Saturday against Shrewsbury. All three Shrewsbury goals came from set pieces. All three from corners, actually, and that is another goal conceded from the second phase of a corner. It's happened again. We can't let it keep happening. It's going to kill us. Second corner of the evening then to Dean Holden's men in the 21st minute. Morecambe nil, Charlton Athletic won that goal by Miles Lieburn in the 17th minute. The difference between the two sides and it's a deep one towards the back post this time the headers won as well it's in the back of the net for 2-0 and that might be an own goal it was a really deep corner towards the back stick it was headed back across the face of the six yard box and I think Jensen Weir might have put through his own net you know trying to just scoop it behind for another corner whoever the final touch came off it smashes into the back of Connor Ripley's net and in 21 minutes, Morecambe find themselves two goals down. And again, and I hate to repeat myself, it's another corner. That's five goals in a row that we have conceded from corners. And that is frankly not good enough. We need to be better defending set pieces. We can't keep conceding in the manner that we are. Here comes Tyrese Campbell for Charlton down the right-hand side, trying to chop back inside Liam Gibson it's inside the box chips it towards the back post it's going to be forced over the line for 3-0 and it was as easy as you like and Tyrese Campbell had the freedom of the penalty area he just chopped inside Liam Gibson had a yard of space took his time and just chipped it towards the back post and there's Corey Blackett Taylor Connor Ripley absolutely furious he's asking his defence where were you where were you and Corey Blackett-Taylor, three or four yards out, simplest of tasks, just to guide it really into the back of Connor Ripley's net. And just before half-time, it's a disaster at Morecambe nil. Charlton Athletics, three. Nias skips away from one, skips away from two. Umar Nias gets it to Crowley, might have a shot on the edge of the box. Feeds into Donald Love, who drives it into the bottom corner. And Morecambe have got a consolation goal back. 
in the 61st minute. And that was a lovely move down this left-hand side involving Umar Nias. He whipped it into the feet of Crowley. Thought he was going to shoot from 20 yards out. Slipped in the runner of Donald Love. And the Morecambe captain finds the far corner of Ashley Maynard Brewer's net to reduce the arrears to Morecambe 1, Charlton Athletic 3. And have to give credit there to Umar Nias. He got a slight lucky bounce of the ball to get it back into his path but he burst down this left-hand side cutting towards the edge of the area and you could have forgiven him for having a shot on goal 20 yards out but he just played it into Crowley and you could have forgiven Crowley for having a shot considering he scored from there against Shrewsbury on Saturday but he didn't panic saw the run of love and that was a fine finish from the Morecambe captain to drill it into the bottom corner of Ashley Maynard Brewer's goal hope springs eternal perhaps Morecambe 1 Charlton 3 and look what we can do when we put our minds to it, eh? Fraser out to Clare and then back in field. Nice one-touch footballist for Charlton Athletic. Clare down the right-hand side. Fraser tries to get the one-two going. Fraser bearing down on goal. He's cleaned through and that's a good finish past Connor Ripley. And that probably puts the points in the back for Dean Holden's men in the 69th minute. And we were just carved open there through the centre of the park that time. Raksaki on the edge of the box and then a nice intricate passing move down the right hand side through to Fraser saw the whites of the keeper's eyes and a good left footed finish past Ripley to make it Morecambe 1 Charlton Athletic 4 and of the four goals that Charlton have scored against the Shrimps tonight that's probably the only one that you can genuinely say was a good goal Reaction to the action. This is the Shrimp's Verdict on Beyond Radio. Nias going to drive for. He's got room for have a shot here as well. And that wasn't far off target either from Umar Nias. And that's the first time in this game as the referee puts the whistle to his lips and brings proceedings to a close. Boos echo around the Mazuma Stadium. And that's the first time in the last seconds that Umar Nias had got a clear sight of the Charlton Athletic goal and his drive not far wide of the mark but wide it was and it's been a very poor performance this evening for Morecambe in fact the first half I would argue probably our worst performance of the season in terms of an overall display we just lack the heart we just lack the spirit the determination the fight and everything that's been good about our great run here at home which has seen us lose just once in the last 12 games before tonight and we didn't learn from our past mistakes either. We conceded three goals from corners against Shrewsbury Town on Saturday. And the first two strikes for Charlton Athletic were, well, unforgivable, really. We just didn't pick up uh, from corners. Leeburn with the first goal on 17 minutes. Perhaps a hint of offside, but the flag stayed down from the corner as the ball was played back into the Morecambe box. And Leeburn finished smartly past Connor Ripley for the opening goal. It was 2-0 four minutes later. Another corner, this time a deep one, headed back across the six-yard box. I think it was a Jensen Weir own goal as he was trying to get the ball behind for another corner at the back post it's been credited for now at least to Corey Blackett-Taylor it was Blackett-Taylor's goal uh, for sure on 43 minutes ball over on the right hand side of the box and Tyrese Campbell had all the time in the world just to pick out his man and Blackett-Taylor at the back post from close range had the easiest of finishes an absolutely abject showing in the first 45 minutes for Derek Adams men 
In fairness, we came out a little bit brighter in the second half and reduced the race to 3-1 on 61 and probably with Morecambe's best move of the match as well. Ball down that left-hand side uh, involving Nias Crowley on the edge of the box, slipped it into Donald Love and the Morecambe captain finished well into the bottom corner of Ashley Maynard Brewer's goal uh, to slightly reduce the arrears. But that was as good as it got for Morecambe and in fact, that was the Shrimps' only shot on target for the whole of the 90 minutes. And it was 4-1, eight minutes later, a good intricate passing move down the right-hand side for Charlton. Ball played into the box, there was midfielder Scott Fraser. All the time in the world to draw Ripley and slip it under him into the back of the net from about 10 yards out with his left foot uh, to put the icing on the cake. Uh, for Dean Holden's men, Charlton hadn't won for five games heading into this one. We thought uh, they might be half on the beach given their uh, position of relative safety uh, nearly in mid-table in League One, but nothing of it. We were blown away with three first-half goals in a terrible first-half display, and by that point, the damage had already been done. We said uh, before the game as well uh, that these next 10 days or so were going to be crucial, uh, almost season-defining, if you like, in uh, Morecambe's destiny in our battle to stay in League One for a third season. And it's not got off to a great start. We needed a positive result tonight. It means we definitely need a good result on Saturday. Oxford United coming to town. It's new manager Liam Manning's first game in charge of Oxford as well at the weekend. Oxford come in... Nine defeats and a draw in their last ten, so one point from 30 is the writing on the wall. Or can the Shrimps bounce back from what has been an utterly dismal display here at the Mazuma Stadium this evening? Well, Derek, a 4-1 home defeat tonight, a rare home defeat against Charlton Athletic. Just your thoughts overall? Yeah, I thought that uh, Charlton started very well tonight. Um, they looked like a, a really good League One side, established League One side. They passed the ball well, um, they pressed well. And uh, they scored early goals in the game. Uh, the physical presence uh, throughout the team uh, showed tonight. I thought technically uh, they were excellent. Uh, the way that they, they passed and moved, and the speed they had. And uh, in that first, you know, half, they, they obviously were better than us. And uh, went into half time, you know, with three goals. And I think that testament to the players uh, in the second half, and even in the first half, you know, we we kept on going. We created a a few openings I thought we could have done better at times you know in and around that uh, 18 yard box but uh, tonight uh, you know they were the better team and they're always going to be it's Charlton Athletic you're playing against uh, a very accomplished uh, League One side Dean Holden their manager just came out and said that was the best performance he's seen since he came in in charge and I suppose you would agree with that wouldn't you? Yeah I mean I think that um, Part of that problem was our fault as well um, because um, we didn't win uh, our duels tonight. Um, physically, uh, they were better than us. Uh, and I think that you know we could have done a lot better uh, at times tonight, even when uh, we had opportunities or um, we gave away possession of the ball at times, allowing them uh, to get uh, on top of us. don't want to drag this out, but do you think you could have had a penalty just before they scored? Farron Rawson being brought down. Yeah, I mean, we could have, um, but as I say, we, we haven't had one all season. And uh, But in the night, you know, they passed the ball really well. I thought that you've got a lot of good players, we know that. They're a, an outstanding team in this division. You gave Umani a start and he played a real part in the goal, didn't he, for Donald Love? 
Yeah, and I thought he did well tonight. Um, his link-up play was good. His work rate was was excellent, and he was unfortunate himself not to to get a goal. But uh, you know, in the end, um, he's got 90 minutes, and uh, it was good for him. There were a few boos tonight. First time we've probably heard in all season. Do, do you understand where the fans were tonight? Well, I, I think they've seen a very good team, you know, from Charlton, and, and they've got to respect, you know, sometimes the opposition. I understand that, um, you know, at times we haven't uh, done well enough against them tonight. It's difficult for our players, you know, we're coming up against uh, accomplished League One team. And what I will say about our players is they keep on going, they keep on fighting. And there was a number of times, even in that second half, when it went to 3-1, we might have been able to get, you know, back to 3-2. We talked about it before. It's important that everyone sticks together in a big, big home game on Saturday against Oxford. Now, yeah, I mean, we, we, listen. The only people that can change things is is uh, the playing staff and uh, the management and the players. Uh, that's the, the only people that can change it. You know, we're the ones that are on the pitch, uh, able to to change things, and nobody else can do that. Looking ahead to that game, it's a, it's they've got a new manager as well. You know, Liam Manning. It's going to be tough. Do you expect a bit more from your players this weekend? I can't ask for any more of them. They're trying their best. You know, they're they're working so hard. But unfortunately, we come up against good teams, and uh, we're in this division because um, we we got here. But unfortunately, there's better teams than us in this division. There's better players than us in this division. We're fighting hard to stay in this division, and that's all we're ever going to be. I've already explained many times the reasons for that, and uh, you know that's something that you have to ask somebody else about, not me. And it's important that we all stick together and fight together this weekend. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't see, I don't know what the point is because you know, as as a football club, um, as a team and management, we've got ourselves into to, to League One. You, what you've got to understand, nobody else has. The players, the management, uh, the staff have got us into to League One. The, the supporters, um, you know, have enjoyed uh, being in League One and will enjoy uh, being in League One next season when we accomplish our aim. Well, Donald, a 4-1 defeat to Charlton tonight. Uh, a goal for you, but overall a disappointing result for you? Yeah, it's very disappointing. I think we've killed ourselves first half. and um, Obviously, to lose 4-1 is not nice at home, but um, we've got to regroup and go again Saturday. We're not used to that home, are we? We've done so well here in the last few months, and it came a bit of a shock the way they started the game. Yeah, I think we started really sloppy. Look, personally, too many of us sloppy. Personally, I was too sloppy myself. and um, When too many of us are sloppy, it's obviously it's not going to go well if... If one or two, but you can get away with it sometimes. But we don't obviously don't want that. But um, there's too many of us tonight, and um, backfired, and we go away some cheap goals. Disappointing again, I suppose. After Saturday, Shrewsbury scoring from a couple of corners that they scored from their first two corners as well tonight. Yeah, definitely, it's something we've been. I think we've been good at them, to be fair. And um, I think a lot of teams have probably seen what we do on them and um, are missing out. Faz, and um, that's something we've got to look at and um, take into Saturday and make sure we don't concede from any again. 3-0 at the break it, uh, it was always going to be hard to come back in the second half what did the gaffer say to you at the break? Um, he just said keep going and um, obviously we, we knew ourselves how bad we'd been and um, that we had to be better and um, he says what he has to say and um, obviously we didn't lose the second half which was a good thing but we've got to take that second half into the first half on against Oxford on Saturday and um, take the game to them He came back in the second half you scored to make it 3-1 just about the hour mark and I think we all thought then it might just put us back in the game. Yeah, definitely. They um, we had a few chances at three-one as well, but um, then they scored. a good team, aren't they? And um, the way they moved, as they made the pitch big tonight, and um, when they're three-three-one up, it's easy for them to try a few things. And it was a nice goal they scored, but um, 
definitely we had a few chances at 3-1 where you think oh if we get that we might get get back into this but um, unfortunately tonight it didn't happen and um, we go against Saturday yeah the fourth goal for them it was, it was a world ticking goal it just sort of killed it off didn't it yeah especially when you our fans have just got a little bit of um, noise back into them and um, it just sucks the life out of the place a bit when they get that sucker punch of a goal back here Saturday against an Oxford team that have been struggling of late you need to really bounce back quite quickly don't you yeah definitely we all know nine games left now it's um so we all know what we've got to do and um, got to go and start winning games. As for yourself, you know, second goal in in a few weeks, really, for, for you. Nice to get on the score sheet and uh, getting those overlaps in. Yeah, it, was, it didn't really mean anything at the end of the day, but um, I'd, I'd scored, but I'd rather look at my first half performance where I was, I thought I was really poor tonight in the first half and um, quite a few of us were, and um, we'll look at that and um, go, go and be better Saturday. A few boos from the crowd at the end. Do you, do you understand that, or is it just frustrating for you as, as it is for them? Um, I, don't, I, don't, I, I was frustrated at the end. Um, everyone was frustrated with the result. I think it's just the way it goes. You don't want to be losing four-one at home, and um, hopefully we can get um, give them so much cheer on Saturday, and they can get behind us again. It's the Shrimps Verdict podcast, part of Shrimps Live on Beyond Radio. Hello from Dave Salmon. Thanks as ever for your ears and your downloads. Always appreciated. And the big week in Morecambe's battle to stay in League One continues this coming Saturday. Oxford United, the visitors to the Mazuma Stadium. Three o'clock kickoff. Full match commentary, of course, as ever on Shrimps Live on Beyond Radio. And I follow will be on FM and DAB Plus and online, of course, uh, from 2.45. Look forward to your company then. But ahead of the game, and it is, of course, Liam Manning, their new boss, uh, his first game in charge of the club on Saturday, former head coach of MK Dons, of course. So uh, plenty riding on this game uh, for both sides, given our proximity at the wrong end of the League One table. I've been chatting to Jack Schumach. Jack is one of the hosts of the Tamana podcast, an Oxford United fans pod, and the ideal man to get the full lowdown on the use ahead of their trip to the Mazuma this coming Saturday. So, Jack, thanks for jumping back on the pod again. Really appreciate it. Before we get going, uh, tell us all about the Tamana podcast. Yeah, so Tamana podcast, it's a group of uh, exiled Oxford fans with connections to or currently living in Yorkshire. Um, and it's based around our, our old stadium, um, the Manor. And so it's got that bit of Yorkshire tut in it. So, yeah, we're Tut Manor podcast and we're, we're on Twitter at tut underscore Manor podcast. Um, we're actually recording ourselves this week ahead of the game on Saturday, so um, it probably won't be a very optimistic one that we do this week. But, um, that's that's how things are at the moment. Uh, yes, for both sides, actually. I, I suppose I, I've, I've said this. I was speaking to Jack at the uh, under the Abbey Stand pod for Cambridge last last week, um, and he said the same thing to me that when things aren't going well. If you do a fans-based podcast, it, it sort of conversely gives you more to talk about, doesn't it, than if things are going to plan? Yeah, definitely. I think that that's been the theme of of our pods this season. There's been a lot going on. You know, obviously the the first calling point is is performances on the pitch, but there's been a lot going on off the pitch. Um, lots of rumor and hearsay. So yeah, it's been an interesting time to be an Oxford fan. Not you know, no one hoped or maybe even expected us to be where we are now but the the you know the the next few weeks are going to be massive for what comes in the next few years arguably yeah so the Carl Robinson era is over Jack are, are you sad to see him go was it the right time for him to to leave or, or was he treated a bit harshly uh am I sad that it's over 
no, because of how this season's gone. Yes, because of the memories we've got. Um, I think almost five years as a football manager now is pretty unheard of at most levels. Um, you know, and we had some brilliant memories. Um, sadly, a lot of them behind closed doors during COVID, but equally, you know, they were good memories during COVID um, and, you know, kept everyone's, you know, positivity up. But yeah, it it was the right time to go. Probably for most fans, a little bit too late. Should have probably happened earlier in the season. But um, yeah, very much the right time to go. It had gone very stale. Um, it looked like he'd lost the dressing room a little bit. And ultimately his recruitment across the summer and the January window was, I suppose, odd is probably the is the word the word um, to use. So, yeah, sad, but, I, you know, it had to happen to give us any chance of staying in this league this year. And was it recruitment or was it just he'd been there a bit too long? What What's the difference between fighting to almost be within a game of getting into the championship to suddenly fighting relegation? W- what changed? We've not replaced key players, really. And, and to be honest, if you look at the squad that he took over five years ago and compare it to the squad that he left, there are still obvious gaps in there. So he's had... You know, I think 10 transfer windows and we still didn't really have a proper left back. The holding midfielder role was an issue. And ultimately, if Matty Taylor wasn't scoring, no one else was really scoring. And that's kind of been consistent throughout his time. Albeit last season, a lot of the kind of wingers and midfielders chipped in a little bit more with goals. But a lot of fans have been saying for a while, at some point, this mismatched squad will, you know, not perform. And that was kind of topped off this season with some strange signings, um, expensive strange signings as well that just haven't performed. Um, I think the cherry on the the cake was three loan signings in January who've barely played between them. So, yeah, his his recruitment this year moved away from the kind of Oxford model of recruiting young talent and looking to sell it on. It it moved to kind of expensive players who can't get up the pitch, yet alone perform. So the Liam Manning era begins. How do you feel about that appointment? It, well, I think if we were mid-table, if we were mid-table and already on the beach, so to speak, I'd be quite excited because he'd have, what, 10 games to come in, assess the squad and look to see what he's going to do next season. The fact we are where we are and we're in a relegation fight... Um, Slightly concerns me because I don't know if he's very much of a firefighter. He seems a bit more of a long-term project manager. And this season, we don't have the long-term. We've got 10 games to stay in this league. That being said, um, his press conference yesterday was quite refreshing. He sounded very kind of switched on, um, knows what he's dealing with, knows what needs to happen. So, you know, you hope for that kind of new manager bounce that everyone likes to throw about. Um, and I mean, we need it. So, so that's where we are. We need, we need that new manager bounce. You must be torn, though. On 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 one hand, you see a head coach that got MK Dons to within a whisker of the championship. I mean, eighty nine points in in most seasons, automatic promotion, isn't it? So, if you're MK Dons fan, you're gutted that you didn't go up last season. But then it goes so badly wrong this season. He got sacked from MK Dons when they are in the relegation zone and now he's coming to you to try and save you from being in the relegation zone. So it's a bit of a split thing, I suppose. Yeah, it is a funny one. I mean, I think that 
it's noticeable that MK haven't picked up since he left either, really. So that suggests perhaps, I know the MK recruitment model works very much that it's the sporting director that does it and the, the head coach or manager kind of accepts it. Um, so that would suggest perhaps their recruitment wasn't wasn't too good in the summer. Um, but he said, again, alluding to his press conference, he said yesterday that he feels like he grew so much as a manager, more so this season at MK, because it wasn't winning every week and you know, fighting it out with the boys at the top, it, it it was more of a struggle. So, you know, from what he said, he feels like a, a more rounded coach, which I think is probably a good thing because if you have someone who's been fighting it out at the top of the league who comes in and hasn't experienced perhaps the other end of the league, that's maybe more of a red flag than someone who's seen bits of both. Or that's what I'm clinging to anyway. <laughs> So his first game in charge is on Saturday against Morecambe. Slight caveat, Jack, we are recording this before we play Charlton Athletic on Tuesday evening. Uh, But all things being equal, you're coming to us with quite a formidable home record. Just one defeat in the last 12 at the Mazuma for Morecambe. Terrible away, uh, pretty unbeatable at home. So how do you see it on Saturday? I suppose the 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 question I would usually ask at this point is, uh, how do you set up? How do you play? Give us your squad and your team. But I guess you don't quite know. Yeah, although I I think Manning has said, you know, I'm not going to come in and rip up everything and start again. Um, He does tend to play a similar style to Carl Robinson and it's, you know, get on the ball, pass it quickly, hopefully. Um, Play with wingers, 4-3-3. But he has alluded to he's seen some kind of tweaks structurally that might help us out both defensively and and uh, offensively. Um, but I think in terms of form, I thank you for saying that stat because that terrifies me now because I think we've got we've got one one point from thirty. Um, it is at the moment. So coming to you know the Mazuma where you've just said you're pretty formidable um, is a challenge, isn't it? I think. Um, but equally. Prior to the Derby game at the weekend, everyone's saying, really, the Derby game was a free hit. The big games are Morecambe. And then we follow that up with Cheltenham as well the week after. So I think there'll be a decent Oxford following on Saturday. I know there's train strikes, but the the club have put a a bus offer on um, to make it cheaper for fans to get there. So there does seem to be a little bit of call to arms from the Oxford end and, um, you know, We've got to win again at some point. I keep saying this, but we've just got to win again at some point. We keep saying that away from home and then another game goes by and another game goes by. You get the idea. Um, so talk us through your your probable starting 11, Jack. Wants to watch. What do we need to know? Yeah, so the, to be fair, a lot of the side it, it will be familiar, I think. So we've still got Simon Eastwood in goal. Um, back four will probably be Sam Long, Elliot Moore, Stuart Finlay, who we signed in the summer from Philadelphia Union, um, a Scottish centre-back who we'd chase for three or four seasons. Um, and then here comes the left-back thing. We've we've been playing our centre-back Kieran Brown at left-back for the majority of the season. And to be fair, he's been pretty solid. Um, bit of height for a left-back, which is always nice. And you know, he, he he's done a job, but he's just not a first-choice left-back. Midfield will be the issue this week, though. We lost both Lewis Bate and James Henry to injury on Saturday, and it's gone a little bit quiet as to, you know, what what exactly and how long um, they may be out for. So it, the midfield will definitely contain Cameron Brannigan, but the other two 
is probably anyone's guess. And actually, the front three is probably anyone's guess as well because we've got a lot of forward players who aren't scoring. Um, Kyle, Kyle Joseph did notch at the weekend, so that he'll probably start again. But then you've probably got two from four or five kind of wingers slash attacking midfielders. So it's very much, you know, it, there, there will be players this week that I'm sure Liam Manning potentially gives an opportunity to that weren't getting a game under Carl Robinson. Certainly at the weekend, Oshin Smith came on for his first league minutes of the season. Um, Irish under twenty one, um, and he looked pretty bright actually. So he might he might walk himself into a starting place. So yeah, it's it's a little bit of an unknown, but it's quite exciting. I think sometimes when you get that to to see what a new coach wants to do with it. So we look at the table as it stands at the moment. Speaking on Tuesday before our game against Charlton, we're just three points behind you with ten games each to go. That's that kind of gives us a bit of a bit of optimism, really. And how do you feel about the fact that it's gone so what so wrong this season? And and do you have enough within you to to get out of trouble? I look through your squad, Jack, and like, like you say, you've got some quality players within the squad. There's no no doubt about that. But can you get enough points? Well, this is the thing with you know. I spoke to Derby fans after our game on Saturday, and they said, you know, you look quite a good team. How are you down the bottom? And Lincoln fans said it the other week, and you kind of start getting fed up of hearing it. Um, yeah, we get that week after week. Yeah, and so so ultimately, the squad is not performing. Have has it got enough in it? Again, on paper, it does, but sadly, football's not played on paper. Um, yeah, the, the the concern I think is, as I said before, we we play you guys Saturday. The you know the proverbial six pointer. We've got Cheltenham, and then we go into a horrendous run of uh, of games against teams in the top ten. So for us, we want to get points on the board before April, just to potentially get a little bit of breathing space. But looking at who's got to play who down the bottom, there's it's going to change every week. I think because there's so many teams have got to play each other. Um, I know our last two games against Forest Green and Accrington, so it could go right right to the end. I think it's going to be lots of twists and turns and, you know, 10 games is still a long way to go. How many points do you think you need to stay up? It's a funny one, isn't it? Because everyone kind mm. of says, oh, 50 will see you safe, 50 will see you safe. But you look at the table, I think 50 will be more than enough this season, yeah. unless... You know, unless unless everyone suddenly decides they're going to start winning games, which you know has happened in these kind of relegation scraps before, um, but I think because teams are playing each other, that that fifty seems, you know, quite a long way off. I'd I'd like to think if we took ten from our last ten, that that you know you'd have to have two other teams take more than that, so that feels about right. I yeah, think I agree. Hope. <laughs> I think we. I, I think forty six, forty seven, is probably the benchmark this season. Uh, it's definitely not going to be forty like it was last season, uh, which was just a ridiculously low total. We stayed up on forty two. I think we're going to need forty, maybe forty five at a push, but certainly forty six or forty seven. I think would keep you in League One. So if you look at it like that, and you think, well. 10, 11 points from 10 games. Well, that, that, that's only three wins and a, a draw or two. It's, it, it, on, it, on your head, at least, it feels very doable. But then you look at your form, nine defeats and a draw in 10, the 10 games previously. Well, actually, it's quite a long way away. So it, it's going to be a roller coaster. 
Yeah, it is. And I think, as I said before, I'm just looking at our fixtures in front of me and we've got to go to Peterborough. We've got to play Sheffield Wednesday, Bolton, Portsmouth at home, go to Barnsley. You know, you you, you quickly perhaps <laughs> remove those five games out of the fixtures and go, OK, we've got to get 10 points from the other five. Um, so, yeah, we, you know, we... The rot is bound to stop at some point, but we need it to be. We do need it to be Saturday. We can't say, "Oh, well, if Saturday goes, we've got we've still got nine games." Because, as you say, um, you guys are playing tonight. You could well be level on points, depending on what happens. The Gaffrington play tonight as well. Yeah. Um. So, you know, football's not played on paper. Unfortunately, we need um to to, to get a win and, and very quickly. Prediction time, then, Jack. How do you see it on Saturday? It's really hard to tell. I mean, until you said about your home record, I was quietly confident that we'd kind of <laughs> do something very Oxford and suddenly turn it on. But I think, as a minimum, we need four points from the Markham game and the Cheltenham game. So, you know, they say get a point away and win at home. So, let, yeah, let's say we'll, we'll get a point on Saturday. Everyone's probably happy with that. And then we move on and need three against Cheltenham. I think certainly from our point of view, it's a must-not-lose first and foremost. We've got MK Dons the following weekend, so it's two enormous games tonight as well. It's probably our season-defining 10 days coming up now, so get a positive result. Don't make that gap any bigger. The roller coaster continues, I suppose. Jack, thanks so much for, for speaking to us. Uh, I've kept you longer than I said I would, so, so apologies about that. Uh, just before you go, give us that plug one more time for the uh, To Manor podcast. Yeah, so we're at to underscore Manor Podcast on Twitter um, and we'll be uh, recording this week ahead of the Markham game. So we'll we'll talk all all rounded about Oxford United at the minute and, and look well look forward or look ahead to the game on Saturday <laughs> um, and who knows what might happen. But yeah, cheers, Dave. Really appreciate that, Jack. Thanks very much, mate. Hopefully we're going to be in the same division next season and we'll, we can speak to you next time. Yeah, hopefully. Fingers crossed. Every kick, every game, every goal. Following Morecambe FC in League One. Full match commentary of Morecambe FC on Beyond Radio. This is Shrimps Live from Beyond Radio.